It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is the AC Report. side of midnight this is the ac report time for our weekly look at the most interesting 48 blocks in america now it is very unusual for a national radio program with listeners in every time zone and actually an international radio program because we have listeners in australia in europe all over the place to spend a weekly segment just looking at one city in one state but for whatever reason, the indication we've gotten is is that it's working. We've gotten a lot of feedback from people who write in with more questions about Atlantic City. And believe it or not, whether we're talking about the casinos, whether we're talking about the restaurants. Last week, we did a whole uh, segment about the arts of Atlantic City. The number one question, not only from people in New York and in New Jersey, but people in Alaska and Tennessee and around the world is... Is Atlantic City safe? Well, who better to address that question than the top prosecutor in all of Atlantic County, New Jersey? I'm very, very pleased to welcome the Atlantic County prosecutor, Will Reynolds. Mr. Reynolds, it's great to talk with you. Welcome to the program. Uh, really appreciate the opportunity, Frank. And I got to tell you, it's, uh, it's a pleasure. And I'd love to talk about Atlantic City, Atlantic County, and born and raised here and uh it's been an amazing journey to get the job, and now I've been on almost a year, uh, an even greater journey to do the job. Well, that's terrific, and uh, your reputation uh, and across party lines is pretty is pretty pristine, which is very rare in uh, public service in general, but in South Jersey especially. L- let's talk a little bit about the job itself. I think everybody listening, at least in the United States, has an idea of what either the DA or the county prosecutor does. You, Your office makes the call about what crimes are prosecuted in that county, and then you administer the prosecution, negotiate a plea, or prosecute the case at trial. In a lot of places, New York, for instance, the county prosecutor is elected. That's not the case in New Jersey. It's not the place, not the case in a lot of places around the country. And sort of the argument in favor 
of appointed county prosecutors rather than elected ones is that that takes the politics out of the system a little bit. They're not going to be grandstanding. They're not going to be taking cases that uh, they might not otherwise bring just to get a short-term political benefit. The argument in favor of elected prosecutors instead of appointed ones is that there's a level of accountability to the public that's not there if uh, the prosecutor just has to be appointed by the governor or someone else. As somebody that uh, has been appointed and now serving for over a year, which do you think is the better system, elected prosecutors, appointed prosecutors, or do you think there's room for both? I do think there is room for both, and I can speak of my experience going through the nomination process. Uh, I can tell you, Frank, the vetting process to get to the point where the governor himself meets with you face-to-face and then puts your name on a piece of paper and forwards it to the state Senate is a humbling process. Uh, not only uh, are you questioned by, I think, I'm going give, to give a guess, about 25 to 30 people uh, during the journey, uh, three separate background investigations, and then a final questionnaire that goes to the uh, state Senate majority leader, who then interviews you uh, with counsel, uh, you want to talk about being grilled and being tested and being pressured. Uh, an election process will never have that happen because you can, you know, have a debate or maybe get a couple of reporters asking you questions. I went through such a rigorous process, and you hit the nail on the head. I have relationships on both sides of the aisle. Uh, I'm an independent and have been independent my in- entire professional career in South Jersey, which is a a rarity. I'm a unicorn, uh, and I've been so blessed by having those relationships on both sides. So uh, based upon the rigorous uh, investigation and background and uh, process that I went through, I would lean towards the nomination and Senate confirmation Hmm. process. If you were to answer the question that I get almost every week about Atlantic City specifically, and then we could talk about the other challenges you face around Atlantic County. Atlantic City, there's a lot of concern, especially about people that might be considering visiting there, that it's not a safe place to be, that there's too much drugs, there's too much street crime, and that if you walk around the streets of Atlantic City, you take your life in your hands. As this guy that sees all the arrest reports from everybody that's arrested in Atlantic City, is that true? Uh, Is there any truth to those concerns? Is there anything that you can say to alleviate some of those fears? Sure. So I can give you a couple different uh, statistics, which will show Atlantic City is much safer today uh, than it was, say, 10 years ago. And I'll give you I'll give you examples of two things. So uh, 10 years ago, there was upwards of 20, sometimes 23, 24, 25 homicides in a year. Knock on wood this year, we've had only two and we're almost halfway through the year. Uh, last year in Atlantic City, uh, from the time that I was sworn in, uh, we had a total of seven. Five were gun-related, two were stabbings, and uh, almost all of them, with the exception of one, uh, was really, you know, like gang-related, you know, drug territory, that kind of stuff. So not not a visitor, not a guest, not someone that's coming to Atlantic City, but generally bad guys shooting at each other, right? Um, one was a 
a homeless incident. Another one was a like an internet uh, kind of scam kind of deal, right? So at the end of the day, uh, 10 years ago, you know, in excess of 20 to 25 homicides. Last year, seven in Atlantic City. This year, only two. Uh, and I use that as a just as a gauge of, mm. you know, the decrease in violent crime in Atlantic City. I can also give you another statistic, which I really am proud of. Uh, since our administration has taken over, uh, we do uh, everything in our power to detain the violent criminals. We actually created a system uh, to identify and target those. Uh, most dangerous criminals on the streets in Atlantic City and Atlantic County, and we have been successful in detaining the most dangerous criminals. And our detention rate, Frank, is 50% in Atlantic County for 2022, and the state average in New Jersey was 20%, and that included our 50%. So we had a very successful year. Why are you able to do that, and your counterparts in other parts of the state of New Jersey aren't? Why are you able to detain people uh, to the tune of 50 percent, whereas it's 20 percent around the rest of the state? How can that be? I'm sure there are a lot of well-intentioned prosecutors in the rest of the state as well. So it's uh, it's really threefold. It's those relationships that I've had before I entered the office because I'm born and raised here uh, and have three older brothers that are born and raised in the county as well. Uh, So it's relationships with both internal and external in the office police departments, municipal police departments, as well as superior court judges uh, who are listening to the facts and making an independent decision on each case. And each case is being being judged on the facts uh, and the public safety assessment. So they get PSA scores. And our office is very aggressive in moving for detention. And we have a very talented team of assistant prosecutors led by uh, our first assistant prosecutor, Eric Bergman. And we have put policies in place to detain and to successfully detain those individuals who are a public safety risk to our community. And what we really focus on is making the judge who's doing the detention hearing aware of all of those facts. You know, like the defendant's criminal history, like the specific facts of the crime they just committed, of the recency and the the redundancy of the crime that they're committing. You know, one of the lines we like to use is there's a lot of people out there that are committing crimes, but there's only a few people that are like the one person crime wave. Well, we're getting all those people who are committing the crime over and over again. We're getting them off mm. the street. That's been successful. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking with uh, Atlantic County Executive Denny Levinson, and he talked about one of the great challenges that the whole state of New Jersey, but Atlantic County specifically, has been facing over the course of the last 10 years has been the bail reform that uh, Governor Chris Christie advocated for and still defends to this day and the voters of the state of New Jersey adopted. They didn't go quite so far as New York went a few years later, but Levinson said, and I'm paraphrasing, that that inability to keep people in jail as they're awaiting trial has led to an uptick in crime around the state and Atlantic County. From your perspective, do you think he is stating the problem and the situation accurately? I think it is accurate to a certain extent. I think there has been uh, things done in the past uh, in Atlanta County and other counties 
where there may not have been as a, as an aggressive move towards detention. Uh, I'm a stats guy. I, I literally follow and track uh, not only our own our own county stats, but also other county stats. And it really starts at leadership. So when the leadership is uh, promoting the aspect of pointing out those public safety assessment factors to the judge, you then build a basically we build like a book of facts for certain gangs and gang members. And we actually are the leader in the state in prosecuting gang criminality, which basically makes a second degree crime into a first degree crime if you can prove that they're a member of the gang. And then that makes somebody be facing a 20-year sentence as opposed to a 10-year sentence, which then ups the public safety assessment risk factors. So under, like, just straight bail reform, are there times where people get out that would have never gotten out before? Yes. Uh, You need to be creative, and you need to create policies, and you need to actually have really good intel people who build those books on the criminal defendants who are committing those crimes, the recidivists. You preside over all the prosecutions in Atlantic County. And if people just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Atlantic County prosecutor Will Reynolds. And I know there's a lot of municipalities in Atlantic City, uh, excuse me, in Atlantic County, including Atlantic City. But you also have Brigantine. You have Egg Harbor City, Egg Harbor Township. uh, The list goes on and on. Ventnor, Margate. And really, even though there are so many different municipalities, all of which I'm sure present their own unique challenges, in some ways, I view your job as almost having to preside over Atlantic City and everywhere else in the county, because Atlantic City is just so much different in terms of the commerce, in terms of the tourism, in terms of the ethnic makeup, in terms of, I'm sure, the type of crimes that are that are committed than every other municipality in Atlantic County. Uh, talk to me about how you handle a challenge like that, uh, dealing with one particular aspect of your county, which is noticeably different in every cultural respect, every economic respect, every single respect, really, than the rest of the county. How do you handle a challenge like that? So great question, because that is one of the biggest hurdles in doing this job is that you have to approach each of the municipalities uh, differently from a perspective of what their needs are, but the same as to how you treat, you know, the defendants, the victims, the witnesses that are you know, part of the criminal justice system for the county. How Atlantic City differs is goes back to exactly what I said from day one when I got in there is we needed to build trust with the community, right? So that's the, the leaders of the community that we're representing, right? Then you have to build trust with the casino industry and the leaders of the casino industry have been amazing to deal with for me. Uh, the Casino Association is headed up by Mark G. Antonio, who is the president of resorts. Uh, Mark has been a tremendous partner. And then you have to deal with the uh, Lancy Police Department. And I have a lot of friends that have been police officers there for 20 plus years. So I had a ton of relationships with people that are in the department, including, you know, the command staff. Uh, Most of them were all parents around the same age, our kids around the same age. We see each other at the sports fields and known each other, you know, our whole lives, whether playing sports with or against each other. Uh, also a huge advantage. But what it really comes down to is the the collaboration of not only law enforcement from ACPD to the FBI to the state police to the DEA to 
to Homeland Security, to the Division of Criminal Justice. It literally comes down to having relationships with all of those different partners on the law enforcement side. And then what I did is I connected the casino industry, and we have security director meetings with the casino security directors with all those state and federal agencies all in the same room. And then we created this other wing of that called the At-Risk Initiative. So we have a violent crime initiative where we identify the real violent offenders, and then we identify the people who are committing the quality of life crimes through the at-risk initiative, and then we share all the information between law enforcement, both local, state, and federal, as well as the social services providers that actually are giving people the services and the help that they need. And then we created a seven-day-a-week mobile outreach with uh, Sheriff Scheffler through Hope One, and Senator Palestina, a Republican and Democrat, working together with me in the middle. And we've been extremely successful in identifying those issues, listening to the stakeholders, listening to the community. And Councilman Shabazz has been absolutely a tremendous connector and a great resource for me. And, uh, you know, we're working with everybody, and that's how we've been successful. And it, you were right. It is, there is nowhere else like this uh, on the East Coast. And uh, I would argue that Vegas is extremely different than the dynamics and logistics we have in Atlantic City. So it is a unique job. It's a 24-7 job. It's a meat grinder. I go in every day as a side of beef and come out as a pound of ham <laughs> at about 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> but, Frank, I wouldn't trade it for the world because I grew up here. I was born and raised here. You know, my brothers were raised here. We're raising our children here, and we want our children to raise their children here. That's, so, uh, that is, that's terrific. Something that uh, we've seen all over the country is an uptick in violent crime since uh, 2020 with all the lockdowns. And then that even took uh, an upturn since the unrest regarding the uh, George Floyd situation and uh, all of that. A lot of people have said that the uptick in violent crime is uh, due to one factor or another. Now that life has sort of gotten back to normal all over the place, are you seeing crime get back into a more familiar pattern? Obviously, even if there's only two homicides, that's too, too many. But are we do you think that sort of the bad old days of two years ago, three years ago, are they past us now? Are we back to a place where crime is, I hate to use the term, but at a normal level? I'm going to say what we've done in Atlanta County collectively, and this includes the local police departments and our office with all those partners I mentioned is We've actually made it better, and I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you an idea of why I say that. So in 20, in 20 uh, well before I started, there were 13 homicides in the county, 11 uh, in Atlantic City. Then it stayed flat in 21. The numbers were about the same. And then in 22, we dropped uh, to seven in Atlantic City, right? And now this year we're only at two. And when you say normalize, I'll give you some examples of, of crime that went crazy during COVID, which we now have reeled back in. Okay, the low level offenders who are the drug users who are shoplifting to feed that addiction. We by creating this at risk initiative, we have taken a large majority of those people off the street and afforded them opportunities in court whether it's through the at-risk initiative or recovery court or mental health diversion, which we've created since our administration has been in, 
is giving them an opportunity to get help. And sometimes that answer is no, and they need to be incarcerated and be held for warrants or, you know, being held on a detention hearing to then encourage them to accept the help. So we have been successful in, in a decline of violent crime as well as those quality of life crimes in Atlanta County. We've been very fortunate. We have a lot of really good partners, but it takes, it takes people making decisions together and then enforcing the policy and having good partners so for Atlantic City, Atlanta County, we are down and we are doing better than ever. And I'll give you I'll give you another stat that's really amazing because I think the opposite's happening around the country too. Uh, excessive force complaints. Atlantic City and Atlanta County Sheriff's Department have had a total of one excessive force complaint wow. in the last two years. One. Wow. Right. So the sheriff's office sheriff's office picks up all the real bad criminals on the warrant. They have a they have a warrant squad, right? And then ACPD is arresting people, you know, by the hundreds per month. And we've had one in in between 21 and 22 and none in 23, right? One. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing considering, you know, our numbers are way up, our detentions are way up, our arrests are way up, and crime's down, and we only have one excessive force complaint. So I'm extremely proud of that as well because – it's, it's the, the rank-and-file members of the ACPD and the sheriff's office that are doing that work, but it's that they feel supported by the leadership because we're supporting them when someone is arrested. We're prosecuting that case. We're moving for detention. You know, we're, we're training them. Frank, I'll give you an example of one thing we just did two weeks ago I'm really proud of. We sent young APs from our office over to Atlantic City in their municipal courtroom, and we spent an entire day training young officers and young lawyers to do direct and cross-examination, and we did mock trial all day long with new officers training them how to testify at the grand jury, how to testify on direct, how to testify on cross. That's collaboration between agencies to get people better so that we can actually better protect and serve the public. It's awesome. One challenge that I'm sure you're facing now that if you were in this job 10 years ago that you wouldn't have been facing are the challenges that go hand-in-hand with the legalization of recreational marijuana. Uh, When I would hang out in Atlantic City five, even ten years ago, it was a pretty rare thing to walk the boardwalk and smell marijuana or see people smoking marijuana openly on the boardwalk. There's been a lot of concern on the part of parents, on the part of uh, school teachers, educators, even rank-and-file citizens, of what the uh, increase in recreational marijuana all over the country, but including in New Jersey, could lead to in terms of other drug use, in terms of other aberrant behavior, in terms of other crimes. From your perspective, uh, has that changed anything that you guys are doing? Uh, wh- how has the legalization of recreational marijuana and the uh, the all the legal marijuana dispensaries that are popping up in Atlantic County, how has that changed how you might do your job? So twofold. One is uh, I'll speak to that issue as a father of two 13-year-olds. I don't like it, right? I'm not I'm not a fan of it. I understand it. I understand why the legislature did it. I understand why, you know, these things are happening in today's society. I get it. I'm just not happy about it because it's exposing my children at a way too young age. And just like you said, it's been normalized, right? So I'll give you an example. One of the things that I do is I go on the boardwalk at, at 6 a.m., and we literally go out to help the at-risk people uh, under the boardwalk, under piers, you know, 
literally we, we go from Ocean Casino all the way down to Stockton, both sides above the boardwalk, below the boardwalk, and then we do some hot spots where we know the at-risk population is. The other day, saw three guys from walking out of the casino. Hey, guys, what's going on? Just finished playing poker, and they light up a joint right in front of us. Mm. It's myself and two Atlantic City Police Department officers and a social services worker from Jewish Family Services. And I was like, burning one down. Hey, guys. <laughs> it's like <laughs> 6.20 in the morning, right? <laughs> so, like, and you just you just keep walking, right? We were walking on the boardwalk. We had a truck, and we had an ATV, and and uh, we're walking, and, like, we were jumping in and out of the truck, and the one guy was on the ATV, and as we were actually walking, here comes these three dudes rolling out, you know, smoking a joint. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, so does that change the way you, you enforce the law? Yeah, because it's not illegal anymore, and uh, people have a right to do it. And I think what needs to happen is there probably needs to be a better control on, you know, where is a good place to have that and not, you know, same way they restricted, you know, cigarette smoking in casinos. They probably need to do some type of legislation or ordinances in the towns as to where is okay to smoke and where is not okay to smoke. I can tell you I have had conversations with high-ranking state officials who aren't happy about people smoking joints on the boardwalk, right? They go for a run with their wife and they smell, you know, marijuana smoke, and that's not what you're expecting when you're walking on the boardwalk. So I think the dynamics of policing have changed because it's legal or decriminalized. The other piece, Frank, which I think nobody realizes, is uh, our office, as well as many other county prosecutors, are bombarded with expungements because when they decriminalized mm. marijuana, I had, you know, literally had thousands and thousands of cases that needed to be expunged. So it didn't affect people's future ability for employment or any other, you know, process that requires a background search. And, uh, you know, we needed to reallocate resources to do that. And uh, even the low-level distribution cases were uh, summarily dismissed and expunged. And then we have to go in and check every record and get state police to check and then give people a certified expungement. So that is something that really changed law enforcement is the expungement piece and dismissal. So. Uh, no, I can imagine. Lastly, uh, you may be a very, very good candidate to answer this question because you've lived your whole life in Atlantic County. However, mm-hmm. a, a, you even probably are a better person to ask it because you don't have to stand for election and you might not be uh, concerned about the political ramifications of your answer here. Gun to your head, if you had to pick what would you say is your absolute favorite restaurant in all of Atlantic City? Chef Vola. Chef Vola, an oldie but a goodie. All right. Chef hey, Vola. Hey, Frank, I grew up with the Esposito brothers. Uh, they, I'm a 31st Street and Brigantine guy. They grew up on 35th Street. We played the Brigantine Rams together and street hockey together. And uh, I was uh, a young lad when they bought that. And when I became an adult, it was like one of the – one of the best experiences ever, and I love the uh, veal chop parm. There you That's go. Nice. Got a menu yeah. recommendation and everything. All right. Will Reynolds, Atlantic County prosecutor. Uh, I do hope if I ever get a little too rowdy in Atlantic City and I end up uh, in county lockup that uh, your office will consider asking the judge to release me on my own recognizance. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it, Frank. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Will Reynolds, if you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, feel free to give me a call. 1-800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight.